Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Thanks for listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine podcast. Remember, you can hear the show from 4 to 7 on 95.5 WSB and follow the Doctrine on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter for even more content. Live from the heart of Atlanta, Georgia, and beyond, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. I am your lovable, huggable radio chat host, Eric Von Hessler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. Man of a thousand voices, Tim Andrews, has the afternoon off. We do have the lady of 184.7 characters, Autumn Fisher. The man behind the glass, George Clark. And the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto. All right, make sure time is ticking. Today is National No One Eats Alone Day. Oh, so if you've eaten stop. alone, you've got to eat. A, you've got no to find someone. Oh, really? Is it against the law? Do you it is the against the law. You will. <laughs> I can't find anybody to eat. Oh, look, lady, tell it to the judge. <laughs> I'm just doing my job. I got to arrest you, take you downtown. <laughs> it's a big one, guys. Uh, okay. Is it a big one? Yes, it is. It's na- what is it? National Do Not Eat Alone. National No One Eats Alone Day. What is the point? Is this one of those uh, food security scam things? (laughs) I don't know. Is he starving? Nobody could be. Okay, well, raise my taxes. (laughs) Food insecurity. A food splost. (laughs) Yes, we need one and a half cents upon every... So that... it's yes. also um, National Tartar Sauce Day and mm-hmm. National Almond Day and National yeah. Do a Grouch a Favor Day. See, like none of these days mean anything. And how, National reg- Almond Day. By the way, who he said that? I you, said oh, she, that. I'm sorry. Well, you're a misogynist. You don't listen to women. We know that. Yeah. Um, Is that broad jabber? Yeah. <laughs> Is she still talking? <laughs> who registered? Can you look this up? Since you're the one who throws this into my sure. otherwise fantastically great radio show with the national days, who registers? These are not official days. It doesn't go through Congress. They never debated. You know, National Tartar Sauce Day. <laughs> so there obviously is some kind of registry. And then it's like, well, why does that exist? Well, it's not possible to have. I would say, it's not possible to have an official day. Unless the government decrees, this is Christmas. So, you know, like, or uh, Arbor Day, one, well, of your, one of your lesser holidays. Oh, yeah, listen. Hey, Unless you love trees. Don't get me I'm wrong. A, I'm a big tree guy. Hey, folks, I celebrate we, uh, privately Arbor Day. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and, and as you know, by the way, that's your own personal business. And Thank you so much. No one Thank should, you. Uh, that's between you and your tree searching. Thank you so much. Um, I think these national <laughs> days are not. Laugh with that one. Yes, I'm the only one. Days yes. are not official days; they're just national days. Right, but and who you can, decides? We can apply that? right now for whatever we want. But why? When we apply and we're told yes or no, why does that? What is the authority? Like, if I want National who Almond decides? Day, if I want National Almond Day, and I put it through, and it gets registered with the right people, and they say yes, X, whatever, this day is uh, National Almond Day. Um, 
what I pay them dues? No, uh, do, no dues do at they, all. Do they make sure that somebody doesn't show up and and pretend that it's uh, you know National Mulberry Day or like I don't you, understand? You just like, submit what? it to the looks like National Day Calendar dot. But they have to have overhead. They got to pay for the lights. There's some kind of you know system. They got ads all over their site here. Does so. anybody get denied? <laughs> I want to know which. Oh, it's probably sex toys get denied. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> National up your mm-hmm. National Day. Rabbit Day. National go to work wearing the opposite gender's underwear day. Uh, Am I? Uh oh, I thought that was today. Did I mess up? I'll sign you did. Oh, I didn't know it was tartar sauce day. <laughs> my goodness, I get these things. I mean, I'm supposed to put tartar sauce in my underwear. Now I'm very confused. With we almonds. believe we believe that national days provide an opportunity for people to connect and find happiness in the shared experiences that make us all human. Yeah, that's right. Because when it's on, pizza guys. day, I realize that. Oh my goodness. Even people that I disagree with politically <gasps> like pizza. Oh, we actually have something in common, and that's, that's where... That's a great point. That's where the unity begins. That's how we're going to sew this nation back together. I'd like to buy the world a Coke. And drink some tartar sauce. Come on. <laughs> let's, see, let's be inclusive. And change my underwear <laughs> with a dude. <laughs> you ever wear men's underwear? Like a, as a, as a, like a, oh my God, this is all that there is. Yeah, when you crash over at a guy's house, you uh, rock their underwear, right? Are you uh, talking about this yourself? No, I'm saying like, I'm saying when, when a lady comes over. A lady. When a lady comes over and she needs something, maybe it was a a, lady of the evening. Maybe you met her out. Uh Oftentimes if she goes, (laughs) if she needs to walk to the kitchen or something like that or walk somewhere else in the house. Then uh, she can wear your underwear. Okay, uh, perfectly okay. Especially I would not boxers. wear. I would not wear a stranger's underwear. <laughs> yeah, a dude like a, that I know. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd, if it, and if it were boxers, okay. Yeah, boxers a little more, a little looser. Tight. Yeah, tidy whiteies. You don't, I don't make know a what your one night stand, oof. and then you you get up and you just take his old tidy whiteies well, and maybe, put them on. Maybe she's I don't know real what's day. going on. Door dashes at the door. You go, oh, hold on, this is really fast. Let me at least paint the scenario here. At least maybe she's really into. Do you paint a scenario? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a great. Is, was I'm a, was Picasso a known for his scenarios? Anyway, I don't know if that's. Anyway. I don't know if he's going to go paint. I know I did do a Hannity there, didn't I? Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, you're like my little joke. <laughs> anyway, 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 maybe the girl is super into the guy, and on the one night stand, she is one that kind of lingers a little bit. She wants to hang out there, so she wears the underwear of the said guy to walk around the house and hang out longer. Basically. Okay. No, Jared, let me, let me speak You're to still this. putting another person's uh, nastiness near your nastiness. And you got to yeah. keep your nastiness with your nastiness and other people's nastiness. Now, I know when we co-mingle, <laughs> when we co-mingle, <laughs> the As, nasties, our, you know, yeah. but that's the time. That's the time we for the nasties. We did smush our nasties already. Yeah, but that's enough. That's enough. Right. I think um, I would not, okay, if I really liked this guy, I would not just put on his underwear. I'd put on like some sweatpants or something yeah. and, and not have his underwear on unless they were clean boxers. And then that's like pajama shorts. Yeah. And, I'm, and I want to, yeah, I, th- I think you'd want to see him uh, take them right out of the drawer. Like Absolutely. Smell, does that smell like Warm downy? from the dryer. Does that smell like downy? <laughs> okay. Okay. Only I want, the best for I'm you, babe. I'm looking for a downy yeah. smell. And then if he had tartar sauce. Yeah. Woo, party starts again. It's time to Round go to town. Two, ding, ding. It's time to go to town. <laughs> <laughs> you do put tartar sauce on. Yes, you do. Are you talking about the surf and turf? Is it yeah. going to be one of those evenings? Yeah, dog. You're the turf. Surf before turf. Where that's, what the, like surf? that's what the doctors say. Surf before turf. Otherwise, you can get yourself an STD or at least some bacterial problems. What were you going to say, George Clark? Oh, nothing. Uh oh. 
Did you See, I wasn't did you think better of it? Did you think better? No, no it's, it's an old people. it's an old guy's term, surf and turf. No, I know, but I didn't think turf was the the back oh, back. Only in that case, only for that. Oh, okay. just because the... they needed something else to go with surf. Yeah. It was a way to have an analogy. Yeah, and so it's you know, it's, it's fish, not very good. Fish. I'm not saying it's not good. I guess the yeah. idea across that's what language is about. Well, you knew what I was talking about. I have questions. No, I didn't because I thought it was something else. I like the taco scenario better. Okay. now we're gonna taco scenario? No, we're going to need a podcast for that. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good name for a podcast. Not going to be able to have- The taco uh, scenario. Yeah. We're not going to be able to have that discussion on airwaves that are regulated by the Federal Communications Commission. Will the boss be happy with that conversation? I don't care about the boss. I care about the feds. (laughs) I mean, I do care about the boss. But I I don't feel comfortable enough to do it. I'd like to take this opportunity because people on the radio don't often enough to praise the hard work done by the people at the Federal Communications Commission. They're working hard- to keep your ears sanitized. Bravo. Great work. Think that'll help and me out. And the check was just deposited, yeah, and we can fine. continue. Yeah, you got to pay them off. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met anybody from the FCC in my life. No. Although I've met people from the feds before. The uh, who takes care of the money? Is it the it's uh, treasury? Treasury. It would make sense, but I feel like there's some weird thing about uh, the actual money. I've been on the radio where we do stuff with phony money, and then like two guys show up from the government. Like anything you do with money. So you never met Jessica? No, it is it is, it is the Treasury Department. What I'm conf- confusing it with is that the Treasury Department, I think, is in charge of the Secret Service. Strangely enough, it's some kind of weird thing like that. What? So you've never met Jessica Rossenworcel? I have not met Miss Rossenworcel. That's the I'm chairwoman. I'm sure that Miss Rossenworcel is a fantastic human being. I knew I her just, mom. Is she the <laughs> Betty? Yeah, yeah Betty Rossenworcel. Uh, tell, tell you what, Betty. Betty didn't play. Doug Turnbull <laughs> says there are delays. Uh, was I right about that, George Clark? You are right. It, well, you were half right. It was a, a part of the Treasury Department until 2003, and now it's Homeland Security. Oh, okay. So back then when I was talking about it, it was uh, yes. Treasury came in. Let me tell you, there was some... Uh, all we were doing was just like doing a bit where you had fake money, and it wasn't going to be real. We weren't going to try to make any money out of it. Somebody, you know, they, they're listening to everything, the government. And by the end of the show, there were two guys there. All right, I'd like to talk to you, please. Really doing the work. Let me tell you how many civilians of the United States were protected on that day. Let's give those officers a round of applause as well, because radio hijinks can hurt. It's Monday, President's Day. Somebody told me that. I, it is. We're working, right? We are working. Because I, my feeling is, I don't like any of the presidents. <laughs> Actually, I think there are two. I, this is, I've come to this conclusion. Well, I've been on the earth long enough to reflect on things that I've seen. I think the country's had two great presidents, Washington and Lincoln. All the rest have been just, you know, kind of a little better or worse than the others that weren't Washington and Lincoln. Washington, I know people, oh, he had slant. Okay, I'm to tell you why he was a great president. He was a great president because they wanted to make him king and he said no. Also, he could have kept running for more and more and more. When you see all these octogenarians in our government now, uh, these jerks, uh, Washington could have kept running, and he kept, would have kept winning for quite some time. As long as that war uh, generation from the Revolutionary War was around, he was the one figure in the country that was— that. Pe- As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't know this. I read this. Uh, uh, he, he did editorials 
for uh, the Constitution, because a lot of Americans, it took a while, they're hey, well, starting to feel like a federal government again, and mm-hmm. what did we fight for? And so it was him, with his editorials, said, hey, I'm George Washington, and it's cool with me. And like he was like the first influencer. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it like, it's He's cool. Like, Hello, what's up, you guys? Hey, hey, hi, hey. What's up, fam? What is up, fam? <laughs> Let me get my wooden teeth back in my mouth. No, but basically, people are living. It was mostly rural, you know, people, and they didn't know. And so it's like, uh, hey, I'm George Washington. You know, I wouldn't screw you. I think it's a good thing. And uh, so, because he could have had as m- way more power than he could have. And he said no to it. And by establishing the fact that serving two terms and leaving, now that's what we've got after FDR tried to become king for life. (laughs) When we went back and and actually made it a law, we made it, what did we base it on? We based it, well, hey, if two terms is good enough for George Washington, that's good enough for anybody. And uh, the only other leader that I know of since then that's done that would be Nelson Mandela when he got out of prison. He could have taken all the power. He could have murdered everybody, and he made a different decision. They went in a completely different way. So uh, it just doesn't happen very often. So Washington was a great president. Lincoln obviously saved the Union and emancipated the slaves. Those are the two presidents that I can think of as great. And President about Roosevelt? Oh, FDR? Teddy. Well, Teddy Roosevelt. Either. Well, no. I mean, they're, they're either... FDR wanted to be a dictator. Um, FDR mm-hmm. was a great war president. You cannot... Mm-hmm. You can't do anything... There's no way you could say FDR wasn't a great war president. He was a great war president. But all of his other stuff was about, you know, his party having more power for longer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you start giving... Once the government starts <laughs> sending checks to you, you, yeah. you, you usually vote for the party that sent out the checks. That's kind of the way that it works. Well, technically, yeah. President's Day does celebrate Lincoln and Washington because Lincoln's birthday is on the 16th today. And then, uh, and then Washington's... Yeah, they were collapsed to make room for MLK Lincoln's Day. Lincoln's birthday was the 12th. Yeah. Are you sure? They were collapsed. We used to have two. I remember we used to have like Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday. They collapsed them together so that they wouldn't add a holiday when they added the MLK Day. And I know that and Washington- they just And they just called him President's Day. I grew up with Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday. I know that Washington and I, we share a birthday. Oh, well, isn't that nice? Yeah. And Austin, when you, Drew Barrymore. While you're celebrating... Well, you're both alcoholics, so that works. Uh, <laughs> while you're celebrating President's Day, remember that you're also, you know, you're celebrating, uh, you know, Dick Nixon and, and other presidents that you have no idea about, you know, like Rutherford <laughs> yeah. B. Hayes. I don't know. Was he a corrupt? Perhaps he was a corrupt bastard. I have no idea. Uh, Doug Turnbull says there are... Drew Barrymore, did you know that you share a birthday with uh, Jared Yamamoto? Oh my goodness, I did not know that. And it's so exciting. Happy birthday, Jared. Happy birthday, Drew. It's the 22nd. That's right. Is he uh, Is he invited over to party with you? Oh, you know, I I am a little bit busy, though, oh, but maybe true. I can get you in touch with my people. I think she's telling you the truth because she's a really, really nice person. Oh my goodness, happy birthday. <laughs> Hit me with an open mic. Hey, Eric, since it's a bunch of guys in autumn on the show, maybe you should change the name to Sausage and Buns. What do you think, Autumn? I think you're going to be the... I don't like being a bun. I, I like being a donut. I don't like... Okay. <laughs> sausage and donuts? Yeah. See, that's fun. Nobody ever has those together. Though. That's the problem. That's not it's really... It's sweet and salty. That's not very appetizing. Mm, together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm already feeling... I'm already... I guess beyond questioning. I think I'm already... Kind of upset at myself for... 
saying yes to a 60th birthday party. Why? Because I really, I kind of don't, especially with your generation, I'm up to, your generation and the Gen Zs, it really seems to have been upped these parties about myself. Like you, you, the millennials, the first time I ever heard of it's my birthday week. Gen Z has a birthday month. Oh, I know. We have a friend that's staying with us. She flew in specifically to Atlanta to celebrate her birthday. Weekend. For a weekend. Yes. Or whatever. And I'm always, you know, I like to walk it the way I talk it. The reason I said to my wife, okay, go ahead, is I would rather know it was coming than have it, you know, thrown in my face at some point. So I thought, well, it's the 60th, so it's going to happen. So I might as well just be like, well, I'd like for this and I'd like not for that. But now I'm starting to regret the fact that I uh, said okay to it because now it's going to be a big deal. Why? As and I just don't, I just don't think that. I just think there's too much celebrating of the self these days. And since I'm a critic of it, then having a big 60th blowout, like, hey, buddy, you're a hypocrite. As no, long as I've I, known you, we've never had, I mean, aside from, I guess, like some post-show I've never thrown a party. You've never thrown a party. And I, think I, would, that, um, yes. I think when, if you were doing a lot of celebrating of the self, then that would be different. But. Yeah. 60th birthday is a milestone so i guess let, let people celebrate and it's not it's not necessarily like we're celebrating you it's like this occasion is fun and we want to sure like but you can just cheer. have a party at any time and have fun absolutely I, I, but but then is it's it like, a milestone well, it is. is or do we just have we just been told that it's important that's a just i go back to norm mcdonald one this sticks with me as far as philosophy of life goes, when Norm MacDonald was talking about, uh, he was with a kid in Hawaii or whatever, and they're on the beach, and they're watching the sunset, and everybody's like going on. And it occurred to him at that moment, no matter what anybody else thinks, I really don't dig sunsets. It's just that I've grown up in such a way that I've just been taught to that I should appreciate a sunset. But you know what? F it. I realize yeah. right now I'm not into sunsets and I don't care. And it's now me personally, I do think sunsets are kind yeah, of cool looking. I didn't adopt that from him, but I it's always made me question whether something really is important or do I just live in a culture where all my life I was told that 40 is a milestone and 50 well, is a minor yeah. milestone, but 60 is another big milestone. And I so I don't even I don't, I, I don't even really, you know, listen, if you die at 24, you are middle-aged at 12. None of us knows how long, <laughs> That's a good point. you know, also, your part, life part is going to be. Part of it too is that uh, other people want to celebrate you. Yes. So let them. No, I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not going to be a grouch. In my no, no I know you won't, but party. I'm saying a way to accept it is what everybody else is doing, that's their business. Like if they're celebrating the self and having a birthday month, like, yeah, right. that's lame and, and self-absorbed. But for you... A, you don't do a lot of that, and B, they want to celebrate you. So there are certain friends that are. It's, it just seems like, like every year we're gonna do, like this is gonna be a big deal every year, because you were on the planet while it took one more trip around the sun. This is gonna be a big deal every. Like I have to put this in my calendar every year. I have to celebrate the fact that you were born. Can, I find that annoying. Can I post on Instagram? I can't believe he's having a 60th yes, birthday party. Yes. How ridiculous. He's not walking it like he talks it. Yeah. That Von Hessler, he's always calling out the hypocrites. Well, who's the hypocrite now? With his big 60th birthday bash. Or you go the opposite direction with it. You know, you lean into it. Maybe you do like a big WS. I am trying to lean into it. What about a WS? No, he's not. You're not leaning into it. I'm, well, I am. You're laying back and letting uh -huh. it happen. Yes. Like yeah. the punchline of that awful joke that nobody should ever tell again. Exactly. Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm doing. I told my wife, 
I, I, because I, I, I know that these things are going to happen with, with her and my friends, is other people decide that Eric's going to do certain things on that day. It's just don't. Don't. There's a party. Like what? Well, you know, like somebody might remember. You know what? I, off the top of my head, I can't tell you exactly what. But okay. I know it's like, uh, uh, we're going to sing together, or we're going to do this, or we're going to do that. Or one of my old friends is going to say, hey, you know, when we were roommates, we used to always do this thing. Why don't we set that up so that he and I do that again? Or anything like that. It's like, I want no responsibilities. I improvise my radio show that's on five days a week. This should tell you how I live my life. <laughs> I, so I told my wife, the party, great. We've come up with, you know, people like themes. So I'm 60, so 1960s. Dressed like in the 1960s. That's oh, it. Why do you have to have a Six, theme? The 60, theme is your birthday. Well, I know, but I just thought that it would be... I, I thought it was kind of cool. You came if, up with the theme? I did. I, you know, uh, if, if the music is all from the 1960s, nothing can be on from that wasn't from 60 to 69. Oh. You know? So, and then people... <laughs> dress, no, I'm not going to have Marshmallow playing at my party. There's never a chance that was going to happen. Are you going to dress up like the 60s? Here's what I'm afraid of. I was thinking oh, of boy. trying to figure out a way to put up, find something close to uh, one of the uh, outfits from Sgt. Pepper's. Okay. Um, but, but just as a lark, you know, but uh, my fear is that my wife will hire like a Beatles cover band or something. And then Eric's going to come up and see, you know what I mean? Like stuff Here like they that. Come, the Ringo's. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, there will be like but she knows people walking around. Oh, she, she has actually said this. I heard her say this to my friend. He said, well, I don't know if Eric would like that. She said, it doesn't matter what Eric likes. It's his birthday. He's going to do what we tell him to do. I heard that. Oh. <laughs> I may have, letter. I may have added a but, little bit. You, My fear is that like it's going to be some kind of weird thing where like guys dressed up as the Beatles will be walking around or something. And I, like, it's not something pretend, I can handle. Like, they won't change they their voices. They won't get out of there. Like, 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 one, one of them wants to be a great Shakespearean actor one day, so he'll never, he won't crack character. <laughs> yeah. And that will just annoy me. Well, what's that a, little square you've got in your hand? The, the one, the what's one, that it's, black a, it's a napkin, you idiot. <laughs> the one thing I've noticed about you, though, at least it is now. Autumn has obviously known you for longer than I have, but in the 10 years since she was I, 19 years of age. Yeah, so you guys have known each other for to over 20 since years. Since I was 37 years old. I've known you Why? for about, for that almost. Up? <laughs> yeah, so. I, I've known you for almost 10 years, and I know that you get a little anxious before an event happens, but usually once you get into it, you're fine. No, you're that's like, fine. You're good. I'm just, I just want it to be like, okay, the thing got set up. It's a thing <laughs> oh. that I wouldn't normally do, but other than that, let's just have a party and enjoy ourselves. You know what, okay. Eric? Yes. Maybe, maybe you need to let go and just <gasps> let... It. And spread it. <laughs> That's more of the leaning back and letting it happen. Uh, just, you know, uh, just trust the people around you mm -hmm. and trust that even if you are going to be put into a situation that beforehand you would like think, I don't want to do that, you end up doing it and it's actually really fun and it created this big memory. You know, you got to let right. go. Okay. Well, I agree with that to a certain degree, but I will okay. tell you in reality, the way that I look at these things, it's kind of like a medical procedure. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's I, know, I know I have to do it, and I know that it's only going to be one day and we'll get past that day. So just grin and bear it. <laughs> Doug Turbo <Spread> says, <laughs> yes, while grinning and bearing it. Drug, Doug, drug. No, for heaven's <laughs> sakes. Absolutely no. not. Completely sober at all times. Doug Turnbull says there's trouble. What are you saying? This is ridiculous. If, if you guys don't think Eric's neurosis isn't real, this birthday, the 60th birthday, is in May. The end of May! <laughs> the end of May. <laughs> Every day, I go, oh, what am I going to have to do?
I mean, my birthday's next week. It'd be one thing if your birthday were next week, but May. Yeah, I know. Anxiety is like that. Anxiety is the perceived outcome of something that hasn't (laughs) happened yet. You know, and no, that's true. All that is. That's true. That's what you're doing. But I have to get myself ready for it. Nothing is worse for me. Don't really. Well, and mentally I do. (laughs) Mentally I do. I have to clear out the space to know that's happening and that's something I got to be on for and I can't show up. You don't. You can just be yourself. uh, Well, you know, I don't want to. How about we get microphone? Listen. No, Autumn, you do you not do understand you. me. You do not understand me. Okay. I come from a performance background. Oh, I'm so. You're Can right. I tell you? This is all you need to know. The world is. This a is stage. all you need to know. At my mother's <laughs> memorial, and I loved my mother dearly. At my mother's memorial, when I gave my big speech, and I I, I had everybody eulogy. Uh, eulogy. I'm sorry. Uh, in uh, everybody was. When I gave my audition, I mean my speech. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean... to me, it's a, it, even that even that uh, Freudian slip says something. Okay. Yeah. Um, and everybody was in tears when it was over. And I was telling, I was back in my hometown, so I was telling somebody that I knew, a friend, and he asked me how it went, and I said, "I killed." <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Thank Every, you. Good night. Uh, this is why. This 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 is why. No, no, I don't. I don't mean that as a joke. I mean, no, I, I, know, I said I know, it I as I did. Like a joke. I went over well. Yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, this is why I don't have. I'm not good on the phone, because in my mind, I feel like everybody expects some kind of experience out of talking with me. I, I, and there's another part of my mind that knows that it's ridiculous, but it doesn't matter. I'm mm-hmm. driven by that. So I feel like if it's my 60th birthday party, the responsibility is on me for everybody to have a fantastic time with Eric Von Hessler. And so I, an I need months and months. <laughs> uh, the worst you part are not for- responsible for anybody else's experience or emotions. You can just be yourself and people will want to be around that. No, after it's over, your friends and family. I will think to myself after it's over, did I kill or did I was it was it an off night? Yeah. <laughs> That's what okay. I think. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of stuff that you got to carry around. That's, well, that's imagine, imagine. It's kind of stupid. I know that I created, you know, the Zen people call it uh making waves when there is no wind. And that's exactly what I do. Well, that, I mean, a little bit. I I feel like this is not necessarily just creating trouble. I mean, it is that partly. In my but own mind. It's also a way so that you don't have to be yourself. What do you mean? And that, I don't oh, know. It seems oh, like you, you say can't I don't be want, yourself oh, because oh, other people that, won't accept it. Oh, well, because I'm not. I'm kind of boring. That's You're all. not. I'm kind of boring. If I if I don't if I don't put on the whole Von Hessler shtick. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of average. Okay. Well, that's everybody. <laughs> well, I know, but I'm not supposed to be everybody. Yes, everybody you are. doesn't you are have everybody. a radio show. I know that I am in reality. This, bar- this party better kill Eric. I have That's no party. Yeah, see, see, see what's happening? See what's happening? There's going to be a murder mystery. I killed. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Turnbull is up and over. Hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. I'll tell you the opposite of me when it comes to the phone is uh, Shelly Winter. He is talking on the phone Constantly. All day long. All day long. He's talking to his people. His boots on the ground. You know, yeah. his, his, uh, he's got uh, people on the street giving him information. Yeah. I don't know what. He's, he's queuing things up. Constantly getting... on the phone. It's impressive. He'll be walking through the hallway. You gotta watch. Yeah. He'll run into you, too. Oh, he... no, no. He's, he's, yeah, he's <laughs> really into these conversations. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it reminded me, Autumn, when she was psychoanalyzing me a little bit. <laughs> and I'm not saying far from the truth, but it reminds me that uh, Clark Howard, 
told me once that I suffered from imposter syndrome. <laughs> and Did that's really? probably very close to the truth. You My fear, so? yeah, is that people will realize that I'm not that big of a deal. And that, you know, there's nothing uh, special or interesting about this guy whatsoever. Well, yeah, once, once you accept that you, you uh, aren't that big of a deal, then it's like, oh, okay, cool. No, but here's the thing. I know I'm not a big deal. It, it, no, it's not like, it's just a matter of, it's really kind of weird. Maybe you it should be weird. my therapist. But it's like, it's in the back of my, it's like the whole thing about not wanting to care so much about whether or not the Buffalo Bills win. There's this thing, <laughs> in, the, there's this thing <laughs> in the back of my mind that absolutely knows how ridiculous that is. But that can't do anything about the emotional thing. Yeah, you can't, your feelings are there for a reason. And yeah. you, the, the more you stuff them down, the more they just like pop exactly. up in other ways, whether it's like emotion or physical. Carl Jung could not have said it better. Let's do this. And now, the future of the future with Greg Rush. There he is, Greg Rush. How are you? What has happened to my WSB? I'd like to know. Psycho babble <laughs> station. My psycho God. analyzing the host for heaven's sakes. My God. Navel gazing. That's what I call it, Craig Russ. Navel gazing. <laughs> I agree, but I'm going to contribute. Yes. Uh, Autumn's saying once you accept that you're not a big deal and then you're relatively boring, then it's just easy. No, it's not easier at that point because at that point, you just shut down. This is I've gotten to the point where you know, everybody needs to express their opinion, they need to be heard. And you realize that nobody actually cares what you have to say. They just want to say their piece. Yep. So once you realize, well, oh, it doesn't really matter what I have to say, then you just don't talk. I'm getting no, no, just see, to there. me. To me, the accepting of like I'm not a big deal is is relative in a macro way, but in a micro way, I am a big deal to people. Right. You know, like the, the people you're close to, you're a huge deal. You're a big deal to your kids. Absolutely. I mean, what if you just decided to stop feeding them? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't big, care. I don't, I'm not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know they'll I'm your find mom, their way. but what does that mean? I'm they'll, nothing. They'll <laughs> find. They'll find them. Now I am leaning toward what you're talking about, Greg. I feel the same way. Everybody wants to talk and talk and talk and talk, and everybody wants to loudly declare who they are and right. what their opinions are, as if we need the nine billionth person saying they don't like Trump. Who cares at this point? <laughs> yeah. We know a lot of people don't like them, and a lot of people do love them. Who? Cares? Cares. I'm not interested well, in either that's... side at this point. And I'm more <laughs> likely, like you, Greg, to, at this point in my life, to just go, well, I'm not going to tell anybody. It doesn't matter because it's not even, we used to actually debate things. This isn't what this is about. It's about declaring, and there's nothing interesting it's about that, except in the middle of me having this uh, this massive uh, philosophical change, then I realized, yeah, but you've got a talk show that you have to go do every day. So I have to keep on talking. <laughs> this is true. So it's a this little bit of a conundrum. Part. Yes, for you yeah. it is. You yeah. can't just shut down like I do in work meetings where I am just there and nobody cares that I don't say anything. I speak if if there's a reason to speak. Mm -hmm. If there's something I feel strongly about, otherwise I'm like, I don't, you guys just go through your thing, do it, yeah. talk, well, blah, blah, be, blah. I feel Once like that's this totally is over, acceptable. Nobody will remember that <laughs> anyone had a conversation. Yeah, there's always, a, especially in your, your organization, I'm sure there's a meeting for a meeting that sets up another meeting and it's, it gets out of control, right? It can. I mean, there are certainly people in levels of management where that is their job. If they're not doing meetings, they're probably not doing anything. So <laughs> yes, just call the meetings. I mean, I remember being in school, like in college, and people were, um, you know, raising their hands to ask questions. And I, you just know that they're just there to speak. Yes. You know, to like to hear yes. themselves talk or to like prove something. Like I'm asking a type of question that's interesting. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Those are the worst. Up. They're the worst. I was, uh, I was at a sociology class once, and this kid, he, his hair was like Lennon, John Lennon. He had the Lennon specs, and he was like, and uh, he was. I'm 
remember him saying something like, well, I mean, you can't, uh, you got to come from a millionaire family to be president. I'm like, at the time Reagan was president, his dad was an alcoholic and like his, his like had a horrible childhood. And I, but I didn't, I, I bet I thought, okay, you wanted to say your thing, whatever, who cares? You know, <laughs> hey, but what does that have to do with the future of the future? That's what That's I'd like the to past. know. That's the, the past. That's the past. This is the future. This is the future of humanity just getting worse, it seems. Or maybe. That's the thing. I like to say that it's getting worse. It probably always was like this. It just wasn't so apparent. Well, I think because of social media. Yes. The, you know, we, we used to be blissfully ignorant of what 99.9% .9 of the people <laughs> in the world thought. Yeah, especially kids. <laughs> kids. Why do I want to hear what a 16-year-old has to say on anything other you, than, did you like that concert? <laughs> like, you can why? become a celebrity now. Celebrity now. When I came across an article. There was a woman who has two degrees and she can't find a job, and she posted a TikTok of her crying because she. Oh, I saw find that. We played that. Yeah, uh, and now she's got uh, a huge social media following. Is going to make money doing that. Well, she so said that her. she wanted to be an influencer. Do At the end of it, her. she said, "Really, I want to be an influencer." And I. <sighs> well, it worked, I guess, because yeah. then she posted pictures of her dancing on the train, and the that's <sighs> this is what I always wanted. This is the girl this that's is, from Atlanta, too, right? Is she the one that uh, took she a resume to York. McDonald's or something? I believe that was her. Wait, man. Look, there's a few of these stories yeah. because what's happening now, and and. Uh, from real business or whatever, all this venture capital is drying up and all these BS uh, millennial Gen X jobs are drying up. And so they're having to go actually look for work. And there's a lot of videos. I've seen like three or four or five of these. And they all end with the person going, all I ever wanted was to be an influencer, but I guess it's not going to, you know. That's, everybody doesn't become an influencer. True. It's like, you know, all I ever wanted was to play in the NFL or the NBA. Well, guess what? Almost all of the great players you ever saw in high school didn't make it. <laughs> and I imagine influencing is the same thing. There's some kind of trick to it, right? And There's and, some kind of trick, but it can be arbitrary, and it seems a little more wide open. Up. Not if you keep it up. Well, I'm talking about people who actually keep it going for years. Yes, I, I think it's difficult to keep it you gotta going. you got to keep generating a, content, and you don't really have you know, a studio. You don't have a production studio behind you. So then you get the videos where they're all completely, you know, oh my God, my life is awful. Or they, yeah, they I start, gotta get more content and then they start crying about it. Yeah, they, they get repetitive too. That's Everybody's crying about everything. Comedians are crying about <laughs> critics on podcasts. It's just, stop crying. Unless you should be crying. There are a few things that you should cry about. But they're, you know, not a daily occurrence. That you're crying. I'm crying because I have to get a job. When I was younger and I didn't like working uh, just menial jobs, I just I would work at a restaurant until I thought I had enough money to not work for two or three months. But you know what? I, I never bitched. I just thought that's the system and I'm, I'm living outside of that system. I never thought that the system should change to, uh, for a guy who didn't want to work. I was like, well, the system's not going to change to me because I'm a guy who doesn't want to go do these jobs. Well, but I just again, realized I'm not yeah. gonna get I'm not gonna become a millionaire this way. But I enjoyed when I was younger, kind of living, you know, sort of underground a little bit outside of the system. But I recognized that well, the system is the system. I'm just not living in it right now. And I certainly didn't sit around crying about it. I was like, hey, I want to live a life different. I don't want to I don't want to go work wait on tables every day. So I wait if on tables got for you. three months, and then I'd have three months where I didn't have to do anything. Yes. If crying got you a headlining spot at a comedy club, the biggest one in town, would you have done it? Uh, no, I don't think that I would have because I would have known that there's no way that I could hold the stage for 45 minutes at any point in my just stupid stand-up comedy career. Just stand there and cry? Is that what I should do?
God, all these comedians. These comedians on podcasts and they're bitching and moaning because people have, they put bad things in their comments. What did you expect? When you threw your hat in the ring and you're going to do stuff and people are going to judge you, what did you expect? But here's the thing, though. In the these era, are millionaire comics, in, by the way. In the era of social media, they do feel like it's necessary to respond to some of the people that are responding well, to, to their posts and stuff. Well, that's ridiculous. That's I just, can't that's imagine changing. Johnny Carson responding to people. He probably would. No, he probably would not. <laughs> he would not. He wouldn't even understand why you would. You go out on stage, you put on a show. You know what that means? Some people are going to hate you. Don't walk out there if you don't want to deal with that. Doug Turnbull is up and over delayed. Greg, are you going to stick around for the hour? I am. Good. I don't have to feel bad about the fact that the first segment of the Future of the Future featured no stories about the Future of the Future. I promise you, within the next 40 minutes or so, We'll do something about that. All right, Jared. Stop stretching out your muscles. Can't help it, man. Got to get ready for the balloon museum later. He's going to the balloon museum. Greg, would you ever take your your lady, your lady love, to the uh, balloon experience? Is that what it's called? Autumn Fisher, would you feel really good about your... uh, (laughs) Is it... Artist boyfriend, if you said, "Hey, we're going to the balloon <laughs> exhibition," is it the museum? Is it? It's pop up. It's uh, it's an if experience. If it's a museum and it's the history of hot air ballooning, no, maybe I'd go. But if no. it's, yeah, hey, look it? at all these balloons on the ceiling, and here's one shaped like a flower that you can carry around. Let me tell you what it now. is. I'm going to tell you why it's so annoying, and this may be the future of the future. This Jared Yamamoto is a very yes. intelligent fella. I've known him for a while. He's 34 years of age. He'll be 35, not too, uh, just a couple Ugh. of weeks from now. Thursday. Disgusting. Thursday. Oh, Old. next Thursday. It's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's a little less than a week My from presidential from year. Being, uh, yeah, you now will have the ability <laughs> in a little over a week to have uh, <laughs> to be the president of the United States. <laughs> that would be the so, scandal that comes out. This guy went to yeah. the balloon exhibition when he was. So the balloon kid. thing <laughs> is, a lot, I see a lot of this through what Jared does here in Atlanta. And. So these experiences, it's a little bit like the Van Gogh thing. Like What I say to people who are 30 years old, if you went to the Van Gogh experience, one thing I know about you is you've had no experience at all with Van Gogh. <laughs> these things are set up. When, when you want to get into art, there's some kind of thing. You've got to sit down with yourself and go, oh, I'm choosing to learn something here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to open myself up and learn things here because I'm not just going to look at it and understand everything immediately. I have to, and you can make that choice. But the Van Didn't Gogh- Didn't Jared cry at that? The Van Gogh experience. I he cried, he I Nick, remember. Right? Did you cry? No, I never cried at the Van no. Gogh exhibit. I think it was I, Nick, but Nick is quick to cry. He's quick to cry. Yeah. No, I, Jerry, I you mentioned you teared up or something. No, 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 no not really for the moved. Van I'm trying to remember which one I did. There, you're right. I did cry at one exhibit, but, but it wasn't Van Gogh. I liked the Van Gogh but exhibit. The point- I thought it was the starry night projection where the stars were on your body. No, no, no. That, that one, uh, <laughs> the I didn't point, cry for that one. The point is... <laughs> These are these are set up. All of these situ, all of these things are set up, and the balloon thing is set up to be an Instagrammable moment. And I knew this when Jared told me that on the ticket it says something along the lines of "dress to impress." Dress to impress, because this is what's happening. You're paying for the ticket, and then you're becoming an ambassador for the brand. Because the whole thing is set up for you to do Instagramming and all the social media from it. And like a puppet on a string, you will do that. (laughs) 
and uh, and 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 it's uh, and, and it's just annoying to me where they people can charge you for something. That's why it says dress what well, dress for success, dress to impress, dress to impress because they don't want bums being their ambassadors for their brand on social media. And I have a plus one. I was going to invite you, Eric. Oh no 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 no! I'm not going to be there. But you are a puppet on a string, <laughs> and everybody you look around who is uh, dressed well and doing their Instagram selfies in front of the balloon selfie booth or whatever, the area, there will be a selfie area. Absolutely, there will be a selfie area. I'm sure there is. And so the you know whole- this thing's terrible for the environment. I'm looking at it. Ah! All these balloons are actually <laughs> balloons. If these are actual latex, this is terrible. Hey, yeah. Come on, Lily. Full of, full of a bunch of influencers are going to tell you about how green they are. For the fans <laughs> of uh, Lily Collins, Phil Collins' daughter, she, she stars in Emily in Paris. This is where this first balloon museum was featured. It was in that show. Oh, wow. So you saw it, and now you're going to pay, I'm excited you're to gonna pay money to be uh, an ambassador for somebody else's brand. I'm dressed to impress, It's Eric. like people who wear shirts with a brand on it. I'm like, are you being paid for th- oh, oh, no, you paid. <laughs> you paid so that you can help. This brand to grow. Isn't that something? Doug Turnbull says there's a snag. Come on, say it, Eric. Uh, no, no, the joke. I, I got George Stein laughing, though. <laughs> uh, Greg Ross. Yes. Before we get to any stories from the future of the future, I do want to bring up something from the past of the past. Let's do it. Some Sky News. Sir Winston Churchill's false teeth. <laughs> Go for 18,000 pounds at auction. And these, by the way, before you laugh, these are the false teeth. The false teeth that Sir Winston Churchill was wearing when he gave his famous, we won't fight them on the beaches and we'll bum So these are very, very, I think it's a steal. I don't know what 18,000 pounds is in uh, the trans, transition. Yeah, I'd say era. probably 20,000, right? Is it? No, no. It's, a little, it's a little bit more than, than the U.S. Yeah, dollar. it's like 22... Does that mean the pound is worth more or we're worth more? Our money is uh, worth more. Okay. You get no. you get less than England, a dollar for a pound. If you bring a dollar, you're not getting a full pound. Now, why is that? Why is our Their money worth less than... Price- I'm not talking about buying purchasing power. I'm just, you know, just in terms of why we're not... Why, suppose, I mean, we are the default currency in the world. Some things I don't understand. Yeah. How I, I guess sometimes you want your money to be worth less... It, when it comes to the world, I guess I've never quite been able to wrap my mind around it. But yeah, look, I don't want to get lost. I think it's one of the big reasons, though, that the UK never switched over to the euro, even when they were in the EU. They kept the pound going. I think the reason for them. Well, also the reason for that, I believe in the the arguments, and I think it is true. And if you look at Europe, they've lost some of this. Is there's a belief that um, sovereignty and nationality and a sense of being a part of one country that the money that you use mm-hmm. has a lot to do with reinforcing that mentally, and they never wanted to lose that. I think. I mean, you look at Europe. They're they're pat. They're just look at Europe. I'm looking. They're just. I'm looking right they're now. They're just vassal states. <laughs> I'm staring Europe right in the eye. They're vassal states. What if they ever stood up and said, "No, America, we're not going to do that." Last time was France in uh, the Iraq War, and now, now France, they just anything. Oh no, yeah, now France is signing the, their own the, alliance with the Ukraine or whatever. What's yeah. the thing with the vaccine? Where if you speak out against it, you can be criminally charged in France. Yep. Yeah. Oh well, because of the European Union, it doesn't surprise me. Hey, that most of those places never had a First Amendment anyway. So now what's going on is that in a lot of things like, you know how uh, 
Some people love the fact that Elon took Twitter, turned it into X, and you can say more things now, and there's less censorship, and some people hate that. Well, the people who hate that are the same types of people who run the European Union. And so now, what they're trying to do, because uh, places like Facebook and X and whatever, they're worldwide, because they know they can't pin them down in the United States because of the First Amendment, what they want to do is make all of Europe come up with one set of rules having to do with what's censored and why and misinformation and disinformation. And then when you're in America at Facebook or whatever, you don't care about the American laws of the First Amendment. You just say, well, having a carve out for the entire European Union is too much work. We'll just go with their system and we'll apply it to everybody. Yeah, so that is actively happening as a way for the rest of the Western world to get around what you think they all have, but they don't, which is the First Amendment. Kind of happened with the iPhone a little bit when they changed their charger. Remember, we, we That's had the, where it started. Yeah. That, I mean, this is the kind of thing that happens is the European Union forced them to change that charger, and so they're thinking, are we going to make one for the European Union and one for... No, it's just going to be one size fits all. And then they realized, oh, we can apply this to the misinformation, disinformation. But th we have nothing to worry about because we know the people in our government and also all the people in the European Union never engage in mis- or disinformation. So we really have nothing to worry about. They're the gatekeepers. <laughs> they know it when they see it, and the rest of us just shut up and keep on marching, I think. You have one, any, one, yes? Yeah, I was, this can lead into the first story. One good thing that they have over there in Europe and Asia are these cars with the ADB headlights, adaptive driving beam headlights, which we don't have here in the United States, meaning you got high beams here, low beams. That's about it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people turn on the high beams, fills up the road. It's it's nice. It's safer. But if you forget to turn them off, you're blinding the other side of the road. These lights, they adapt. Ah. They, as you're driving, it can read what's around. And for whatever reason, the regulations here in the United States never allowed them. And they just passed something recently. They said, okay, we can get these headlights in the cars here, but there's still so many rules around it. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? Now, I mean, here in America, other in, in the United States, yes. Why, it seems to me that if you thought that this would get more people to buy your vehicle, you could put it in as a perk, and people would like it. I don't think we need a law that says you have to do it. I think people would would like it. But then again, who cares? You're blinding other people, so I guess it's not really a problem for yourself. Well, I feel like I feel like in general, just these new LED headlights, which <laughs> apparently aren't any brighter, they say, than the old halogen uh, bulbs. They, they but, burn in a different way. The yes, white, they're blinding. Uh, yeah, they're they, yeah, they, it's like they're, a brighter white. Yeah, they're migraine-inducing, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, they're they're terrible in, in the mirrors. Uh, you know, I, this is now when this is someone like the this is the past of the future. Um, I saw some kind of YouTube thing. Did you know that the LED light thing that they had? Let me get this right. They had um, red and green. They come up with a way for to come up with red and green in an LED light. But for like 20, 25 years, they couldn't figure out how to make a blue. Really? Yeah. And, and it's this one guy, I saw this, this one guy just put his life on hold for like 15 years in a small uh, laboratory. He had, and he had one machine, and he would just trial and error everything. And finally, like 15 years in, he figured out a way to come up with a blue. And then when you finally had a blue, you could do all the colors and then the explosion that we had. But it was this one Japanese guy. I think it was Japanese or South. I think he worked for a Japanese, not the big boys, but he like a smaller uh, electronics company. It's a, you got to look this story up. It's fascinating. So and then, and then, and then the company screwed him. 
Of course. Screwed him was this royal. Company run by Thomas Edison. No chance. No, no. This was no. This was in uh, this was in Japan, and it was like Nishoma. Modern day. It was yeah, Thomas it was, Edison. No, the 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 father that ran the country. The company was a small company, and the father. Uh, he was a scientist, and so he related to this guy who was just going to go. He went to Florida and just for 15 years or something did, did these trial and error, error um, things. Meanwhile, the son's coming up kind of succession style, and he's saying, that guy ain't never going to come up with nothing. With you. And so he kept sending orders to this guy for like three years to stop his experiments, and he would just throw them in the garbage, and he kept on experimenting. But then the dad died. The kid took over after they got this Billion, billions and billions of dollars uh, technology to themselves. He still fired the guy because they hated him. They didn't like each other. Well, I'm glad that he invented the blue LED light because I know like behind the TV, you know, you can get the different colors now. Mm-hmm. And the blue is one of the prettier well, ones. Well, you can thank him. Yeah. You can, can thank him. But the point is you couldn't do the whole spectrum without it. That's Having nice. just red and green, but they couldn't figure out how to do a blue. Uh, yeah, now we got the bulbs that weren't won't burn down the Christmas tree, so that's nice. Exactly, and like right now, my projector at home is LED, so I don't have to worry about it blowing out like a big bulb blowing out. Oh, those bulbs used to be very expensive. Yes, too. yes. Supposedly, these are lifetime. I'm really pushing it, so we'll find out. Doug Turnbull, I, I've fallen asleep with the projector on many times. Doug Turnbull says there are delays. I can't. There's a lot of world news that we're not talking about today. We'll get to it. I'm just seeing on CNN. This happens all the time. So Jared Kushner, Kushner son-in-law of Trump, now the thing is, he's defending the fact that he got a two billion dollar investment from Saudi Arabia. Don't buy this nonsense. I don't know Jared Kushner. It might be the nicest guy in the world. It might be the worst guy in the world. I have no idea. It has nothing to do with him. Because the whole thing about they killed that guy Khashoggi, and every time somebody gets money they don't like, the how could you take money from this kingdom and they killed Khashoggi and they have you know. I just want to don't fall for it because uh, if you've ever shopped at Amazon, Walmart, if you've ever used Uber in any way, if you've ever bought a ticket from Live Nation Entertainment, all and many more than that, MasterCard, I believe. Visa, especially. There's nobody listening to my voice right now that hasn't engaged in some sort of capitalism where Saudi sovereign fund money didn't exist. So, what does that mean? It's propaganda. When the people who take that money, it's like when the golfing thing happened. Oh, it's the most... No, what about all the people who go to the golf matches? They're all swimming in Saudi money. If you're listening to my voice, and you live in the United States of America, and you're not completely off the grid, you are engaging in Saudi money. So that makes this just propaganda. When they say, oh, well, this person shouldn't have taken money from... But, you know, we'll buy our tickets from Live Nation, get our rides from Uber... Shop at Amazon and Walmart, of course, because that part of the story is never there with the context. It's just whenever the media has somebody they don't like and then they find Saudi money, or when the PGA feels threatened, oh, you must love killing reporters. Really unbelievable. We'll get to the other world stuff. There's some pretty big stories today we've been ignoring. What? Really? Also, the future of the future. Well, I don't even know if we've gotten to one story. Give now us a we headline. Got to that headlight story. Oh, that's right. We did get one story in in Thank the hour. Goodness. No one can say we didn't. Yeah, and then the other one. There's a there's a company really pushing conversational AI to destroy all apps and websites. They don't want apps and websites to exist anymore. AI will fill in. Don't you think that? Don't you think that ultimately, probably that will happen? Whether it's yeah. two years from now or twenty years from now, I think ultimately 
that's we're really just going to be talking and things are going to be happening i would imagine so there's still an app you just don't do it with your finger right you're still going to youtube or you're still going to whatever it's just that you don't you're not you, there's no interface other than just talking into the air or something yeah google's pushing to get rid of the search engine wow which you'll use ai in lieu of you know, did I bring it up? I think I did bring it up that uh, there's a theory about the dead internet, and there's some evidence to it that you'll get a resp- you'll you'll look something up in Google and say we found 55,000 entries, but a lot of people have gone and realized that once you get past like the fourth page, there's really nothing there. It's kind of a Potemkin village. It's very strange. All right, Greg Ross, George Stein's here, and you guys can't stand each other, so I think you're gonna have to. All right. Shuffle on off to Buffalo. Okay. No, it's not George's fault. We all know it's your fault. You don't get along with Wes Moss. You don't get along with Dr. Joe. It's just it's just Greg. Don't I'm worry jealous. about it. I'm a very jealous person. What can I say? He's jealous because George Stein has just a little bit more money than he does. Filthy but Greg rich. Russ, have, you know, for the, I hope the future of your future, meaning this weekend, is a great one. Thank you. Doug Turnbull is flying over. Hour three of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. I got to go very quickly. I want to play this. Autumn, you there on this? Of course. Well, I know sometimes you run around, do things that I can't <laughs> see you. So yeah, uh, Dana, I don't know. The camera's not working today. Yeah, it's all right. nobody watches anyway. It's only good for us, isn't it? <laughs> we can see That's each true, other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that this is fake. We'll play it. I'll play it, and and you'll just see. So Dana White, you know who that is? He's the head of the UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, storms off of Howie Mandel. You know who that is? <laughs> Howie Mandel's podcast. <laughs> Yeah, the Howie Mandel show. Howie Mandel has a podcast he does with his daughter. I've seen a couple of like you know like fifteen minutes excerpts from it. It's decent. It's okay. okay. Uh, Dana White storms off Howie Mandel's podcast after being complimented. And the reason I learned about this, I was watching something else. They said, and the guy was saying, I think it was real, but I, I don't. I don't know why Dana White would do this, but I have to say, you just listen. I don't think that this is real. This is the. Be- I've got it. This is the beginning of the podcast and sometimes when you wish upon a star the star shows up dana white you are an amazing guy you are i can't thank you enough for being here uh you and ginger seem to be getting along um you are not only an amazing businessman you are an inspiration you are a philosopher the way you do business the way you uh conduct your business and your friendships and media is uh I'm, I'm jealous and but dana i can't thank you enough for being here and thank you for all the kind words i appreciate it i, I am so fucking tired of doing podcasts it's I, i'm literally done with them i'm not doing any more podcasts and then he leaves that and they like stare at him That's that sounds bit. like a bit to yeah. me autumn uh, yeah i don't understand like there's no there's no reason for him to Now, this be guy, upset. he said you're getting along with Ginger. I don't know. I don't watch the show enough, but there is this kind of odd guy sitting on the couch. Okay. With like a muscle guy with a red beard. And I, I don't, like, he might have thought, I, I'm not doing the podcast hijinks thing, you know? But he'd already sat down, and I, I don't know why it would be. I'm just saying right now, Von Hessler Doctrine says... I think it's phony baloney, but we'll find I mean, out. I guess. When was the last, like, nobody talks about his podcast, and Howie? now we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. but then okay. Dana White would have to care enough to want to help Howie Mandel's Maybe podcast. Maybe Dana White just doesn't care. He's well, like, all right, sure, I'll help Yeah, you. I'll do it, and I'll get out of here earlier. I don't know. I yeah. say it's a yeah, setup. I leave. I don't know. A lot of people are saying it's real. That's the only reason I bring it up, because it doesn't, it struck me as phony. Let's do this. Well, I'm down by 
It's time to go down by law with George Stein. That's right, George Stein, and we've had some, we've had some legally legalese happening. You want to start in New York or here in Georgia? Let's start right here in the great state of Georgia. All right, this is from the Associated Press. <laughs> Hi, George. By the way, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Fonnie Willis, uh, the case has been ensnarled in legal arguments during testimony about her roma- romantic relationship timeline, guys. With, uh, with uh, what's his name? Nathan uh, Wade. Nathan Wade. Uh, what do you think, George? I, I, didn't re- I haven't really watched it today. I saw that they didn't bring her back to the stand. They said the prosecution, well, I don't know who's the prosecution and who's what at this point. <laughs> but uh, they, they spun it, her office spun it as, well, she did such a great job yesterday. There's no need to get her up there again today. I thought that she was very, very. Um, I didn't. I, I thought she was snarky. As a matter of fact, I thought she acted the way Trump acts when he gets on there. And I don't think. Did you watch it? I, I, I did a lot of it. Yes. I don't think that she would put up with that kind of behavior from a witness if she was questioning the witness. Am I wrong about that? Well, she would be saying, "Judge, let's keep it to the question." Right. Well, you know, Trump's lawyer. Uh, it's not Trump's lawyer. It's the lawyer for. One of the other defendants. I know. Plus, right. Trump's lawyer was there too. Oh, okay. Steve, Steve Sato. Oh. He's a very brilliant lawyer. Yeah. And so he was assertively asking her questions, and she got offended. And she said, "Don't yell at me." But ironically, it's funny when you see prosecutors, uh, you know, they're they're exam- cross-examining defendants yeah. are on the stand. That's the very same tone they use. Exactly. That, yeah, that's so. what I mean. Is I felt like, I mean, I don't know a lot. Of, I've never really been in a court case, so I'm not. I'm. You know, I watch Law and Order, and I've seen some real cases like on TV when they're on. That's that's really all that I know. But it seems to me, like like she called the 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 I don't know who the female lawyer was that was questioning her for most of the day. She I saw her three times call her a liar. Like in a in a normal court, if the witness like could I call Fonnie Willis a liar, and would the judge be cool with that? If I was no. like that's that was the annoying part about this is I felt like I wouldn't be allowed to do that. Right, they gave her a lot of leeway, uh, and some some folks uh, think the judge should have reined it in much earlier than he did. But you know, he he's got a tough job. He's trying to do a balancing act. Uh, well, she I, fought with him, and I thought that's not a good idea because no. he's going to be the judge through the entire case if she stays on the case. There was no jury, so every time she complained about being there, she was really complaining about the judge because he's the one who said that they have to have the hearing. Right? True, true. But you know, the real battle line here is when when the the affair started. Yes, and so there's conflicting evidence, and there, some of it's credible too. And, and depending on which camp you're in, if you're in Fonnie's camp, you know you think that she, uh, you know, stood her ground and yeah. made her. Oh, that's all popping. Made that's her all... case, and of course, if you're in Trump's camp, you think that she um, gave the other side. And let me tell you, let me just say, you're absolutely correct about that. Yes, and it was totally predictable. This right. is my problem with these things. Yes. Everybody who was watching it was watching it from I love Trump or I hate Trump. Yes. And if you love Trump, then she had a horrible day. If you hate Trump, she had a great day. Mm-hmm. And and so watching these things, it just seems silly to me now because people make up their minds before it happens. Well, that's true, but you know. The the standard to be used is whether or not there was, uh, you know, some... Did she lie? That, yeah, did she lie, number one, or yeah. was... Don't forget, the standard can be as low as was there an appearance of impropriety, which could be enough to get disqualification. I don't think they'll go that far. Well, we'll I, see. We'll, we'll see, because, we'll, we'll you know, there very well may be the appearance of it. <laughs> sure. 
Uh, and now, I guess, uh, did he say yesterday that uh, the affair is over? They're not. They're no longer together. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. they're no longer together. Well, after having <laughs> to drag her through this, I imagine it's over. Uh, well, no. I mean, this is before. I don't think it ended yesterday. Gotcha. You know what? Right after my testimony, <laughs> I decided. <laughs> hey, you know what? Funny. <laughs> I don't. I don't see a future for us. He's not worth it. <laughs> what should she have done? Let, let's say that she. Like, what is the right thing? Let's say that she fell in love. Uh, so what, and you realize you're in this situation, I'm in love. What was the proper thing to do? Should she have said, we shouldn't work together? Um, do people in that office get in trouble if, if they find out that you're dating? Cause some companies do that. You can't, you can't date sure. coworkers. Sure. Well, she shouldn't have. She shouldn't have chosen him as a well, special, you fall in special love. prosecutor. Right. Okay. That's what she If she happened. was already in love. Exactly. Or whatever. She should have said, listen, listen uh, it's too Lust, risky. Uh, I care about you more than this. And let's put this on hold until put, this... Uh, let's put this on hold. I'm, I'm, or, thanks yeah. thanks for applying, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pick you. Now, I heard that Roy Barnes today, I thought this was a pretty good piece of uh, um, testimony on her side, claims, I don't know why claims, he's telling the truth, I'm sure, that she offered that job to him and he turned it down. Now, on one hand, that says... He wasn't her first choice, but he was ultimately her choice, so the same thing would be in play. Were they a, an item before she picked him, right? That's, that's I mean, the issue. When, yeah. I, when I heard Roy Barnes, he basically trying to say some people were turning this job down because they just didn't want to deal with it. And that was his thing. He's like, I've lived with security before. I don't want to live with security again. <laughs> I'm not taking it. Um so where do you think uh, the judges? I'm hard to know what's in the judge's head, but it couldn't have helped that she was so combative to him. That can't help, even True. if she stays on the case. True, because he's the guy that's going to make the decision. Right. Uh, in How a the whole case goes, he's going to make this decision, right. and then if his decision is okay, you can stay on the case. You still got a little bit of an open wound there with the fact that she used that to basically drag him. Because I shouldn't even be here. There was that elitist thing. I can't believe I have to answer. Maybe here. she knows it's a done deal. I mean, George and I were talking about this in the hallway. Yeah. I mean, maybe she knows that it's that it's going to be thrown out because of what happened. And so on. she was just making her final yeah, like uh, yeah. television, you know, uh, saving face. Because she created a lot of sound bites for MSNBC and CNN to, to just take kind of like um, you know a strong woman. Uh, being victimized, and if you just take that and ignore everything else, you can make that presentation on MSNBC or CNN. I don't I, know if they did. I think she I went life. on. I think she went on Rachel Maddow last night. I'll double check. That's absurd. <laughs> I'll double check. Don't don't. Is this going to be decided in a court of law, or is it going to be decided in the court of of public opinion? I, I think it's. So, I want a DA that doesn't. Da we need ugly DAs in the future. People who don't belong on television. <laughs> That's what we need. I want somebody who's just like that guy who spent 15 years trying to develop the blue LED light through trial and error. I'm yeah, sure he no was... no way that guy's handsome. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure... I, what I'm saying is, I'm sure that he was a, not the greatest husband and father during that period of time. He was married to his work. That's, the, that's what we need in this district attorney. Doug Turnbull is up and over, down... Come on. Eric, word economy. <laughs> I'm just going to phone it in until 7. So, George Stein, we have more legal stories. This is a big one. It's concerning, uh, oh my goodness, Trump's involved in everything. He was kind of involved in the last story. Yes, he And was. he's involved in this story. This is from the New York Times. Trump ordered to pay $355 million and barred from New York business. Uh, now, George. That's outrageous. <laughs> 
The judge was nice. It was supposed to be 370 or something like that. Yeah, they asked for 370. I love the fact that he looked at it and went, yeah, that's, that's 15 million. That's, that's a little over the top. 355. 355. And there's no victim, right? No one can produce a victim. None. None whatsoever. Loans were repaid. All of the loans are repaid. So basically what New York State is saying is he should have had to repay more. But my understanding, and we're not in finance, you're a lawyer, I'm a stupid, or rehabbing shock jock. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to pontificate here. You tell me, is this, obviously he's going to appeal it. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to appeal it, and there's a decent chance that the appellate court might you know, lower that amount significantly. You know, there's a lot to think about here because it sets a very uh, dangerous precedent. I mean... Uh, you know, it, it could happen to somebody else that was running from the other party in the future. Sure. Certainly he's not the only real estate person in New York City that yeah. has inflated the uh, value of properties. That's only it. It's not even something... Isn't it up to the bank that lends you the money? Don't they have people like, what is this, J.P. Morgan or whoever he dealt with, one of these high-flying banks? I'm sure that they have really intelligent people who are paid to decide right. whether or not we should give a loan to somebody. Right, so right. isn't it on – it's always kind of an exaggeration or something. There's, there's nothing – it's like in Casablanca, gambling. I'm shocked, right? This, hap <laughs> this is something that happens all the time. Here are your winnings, sir. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the appraisers are usually from an independent company. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and then they give their recommendation, and then the bank can accept it or say, no, it's not, not accurate, and they accepted it. Listen, Trump does not, I'm not, listen, Trump shoots himself in the foot all the time. But if you think that this is justice because you hate this guy, I'm telling you, you don't understand what justice is. This is what's happening here in the $83 million for slander uh, against uh, Eugene Carroll. Yeah. It's obvious. It's, all of this stuff is coming down in an election year. This stuff they're talking about is from, what, the 2000s? Mm -hmm. This yeah. is how you know it's not justice. If he had never been president, this would not be happening. True. Which is the yeah. diff... That is not justice. You are not supposed to be able to target somebody that you don't like and then just start looking through everything to find something. You shouldn't have any case until somebody walks through the door and says and makes a claim. Hey, this guy screwed me over. Mm -hmm. But all of these loans were repaid. I, I, it's insane. It's yeah. insane, and it's going to hurt somebody out there who hates Trump that's applauding this, has got a lot of money, and it's going to hurt them. Because it's a bad precedent, this idea, once we don't like you, we're just going to go with a fine-tooth comb over everything for the last 30 years, and whatever we find, we're going to bring you into a court of law. And then this judge just pulls that out of his rear end, $355 million. <laughs> Well, we'll see what the appellate court does. Yeah, it's going to hurt. Uh, I'll tell you what, as a political thing, the strategy seems to be, and I think could be quite effective. I guarantee you at the Republican National uh, Committee, at the RNC, uh, they're worried because they, they bring in money for all of the elections. So if he's having to, does he have to put this money in escrow or something until he finds out if the appeal, like if he has the money right now, can he spend it? Well, he's got to post a bond for that amount. Okay, so not but he's still got to be good for it. So in the back of his mind, he's got to be thinking, I can't spend this money because I may have to pay it.
So the idea is to freak out the Republican National Committee because what's going to happen is he's not going to have any of his own money, right? So he's going to use every... That's why he's already said he wants his daughter-in-law to be the vice chair. (laughs) He's going to use every penny of that money, which means if you're running as a Republican in some House district in Illinois and you need a little bit of help in October, you might be able to win this thing. The money may not be there. So part of the strategy, politically, not legally, is... To make him have to depend on the RNC so much that that causes friction, I think. Doug Turnbull says there's Trump. Here's the thing. No victim. Did anybody lose their job at one of these big banks for giving Trump a loan? No. All right, George, open your mic. Tell people how they can get more George Stein. Yes. Get off your phone. (laughs) In your time of need, if you're looking for a quality lawyer who's battle-tested in the courtroom, remember this. There's nobody else in Georgia that can do what I can do for you on your case. We've mastered the art of two things. In the injury arena, we just do motorcycle accidents for your motorcycle accident. Go to steelhorselaw.com. And, of course, if you get a DUI, you're going to go to georgestein.com. Thank you, George Stein. Thank you. Uh, well, we have just like 10 seconds here. Uh, let, me, eight. Uh, let me bring back Greg Ross, ladies and gentlemen, who's decided that he would like to make a correction. Apparently... He passed on some uh, uh, some lies, uh, <laughs> misinformation, disinformation. Yes. But we're gonna have to we're gonna put that on hold until we come back, and we'll get uh, we'll get Greg's apology and uh, my apology. Finally, my take on uh, the whole Navalny nonsense. First of all, that was a little glib. I said Navalny nonsense. The man did lose his life. I didn't mean to. I just mean the whole very flippant. Thing. Yeah, it was flippant, and I. I recognize that. Not the way that I think about it. Should we start with... But Greg Russ has come back to apologize for George Clark in some way. <laughs> I what can't happened? blame George Clark because I was the one who delivered the information. Uh, when I was on the show, we were talking about Europe and how they don't actually have freedom of speech. And then we were talking about how France likes to pretend they're the land of liberty. And I said, yeah, is, in France, aren't they passing a law where it's illegal and you can be punished if you speak out against the vaccine specifically the mrna vaccines Mm -hmm. and that was because when i was jumping on the show i was looking at our list of articles today and i came across that headline gotta be careful with george clark's articles now they're very well i like them i didn't see it was george's usually the articles are very well vetted that we put in our slack feed and then i noticed after like oh that was a george clark article Uh and i didn't actually read it it wasn't complete nonsense though just a a slightly misleading there is a law in the works in france that would make it punishable that if you were to advise somebody to, to stop taking medical treatment that was given by a doctor right the vaccine and so the idea is possibly the reason they're doing it is because of exactly. that but that's not the point of it in the legislation right. itself and on top of that who knows i'm never going to show the again source. on top You're, of that i don't live in france i don't give a damn what has happened to my wsb you know it's happens like uh, i remember one time because uh, george really gets into these things and uh he, he says to me something like uh, but don't don't you care about the the fact that Andrew Tate, I mean, just the laws of Romania. I'm like, no, I don't live in Romania. He's the one who chose to live in Romania. I don't give a damn about the laws in Romania. I don't live there. <laughs> so, all right, I appreciate that. Uh, now people know that. I'm sorry, uh, Greg. Even if we no, get look, it wrong, it's my fault. Why would I ever listen to this show. I, I need to vet the George articles. All I know that matters is that spectator.com.au. If we if we get it wrong, and we know we got it wrong, we do bring it up. And, yes. you know, we're human, so we're going to get things wrong. Now, to the Alexei uh, Navalny, uh, I think we can just assume it's murder. Uh, this is Putin's 
harshest critic and most popular critic in Russia. And has uh, gotten, you know, back when he was free to kind of move around and stuff, uh, he, was, uh, he was able to get a lot of rallies and things against Putin. He ran against Putin. Uh, if you follow the evidence, it would appear that before he was arrested, he was poisoned. Like the plutonium tea seems to be Putin's uh, go-to favorite. And for some reason, he decided to go back to Russia. There are plenty of places, I think, that would have allowed him to kind of camp out there. I guess you could applaud that. He, he's a politician. He wanted to fight Putin. He went back to Russia. He got arrested. And first he was put in jail because they said that he, got, he, got, he was... Uh, he was, he was found guilty of some kind of BS in like th- 2013 or 14. So when he came back to Russia, they basically said, hey, you, some kind of probation violation after they had poisoned him, whatever. They put him in jail for that. That's like three and a half years. And then, then they came up with something else last year. And basically he was serving something like a 30-year yeah. hard term. So Putin was just getting him out of the way because he's the other person that can get some traction against him. And uh, so he's basically in a, in a work camp. Now, whether or not Putin made the phone call last night or just put him in conditions where it could happen at any time and then he was especially terrorized or tortured uh, last night and then died today, who knows? We'll probably never know exactly how it happened. Um, a couple of things here. I mean, uh, to me, I'm like, why did you go back to Russia? But then again, there's a side that says, well, if you believe in that's what you got to do and you're a f- freedom fighter or whatever. Number one, with Navalny, the thing you have to understand is while we glorify him, because he certainly should not have been murdered by Putin, um, Navalny was, the story, there's going to be a lot about Navalny they're probably not going to tell you. Just put it this way. If you're somebody in this country who hates Trump and hate whatever, I guarantee you that if Alexei Navalny was running in your state, you would not vote for him. Right. Things are relatively different in Russia. He did come out against the war, but he gave plenty of speeches from the point of view of the Russian point of view of the Ukrainian thing along the way. He also was known as an ethno-nationalist. And so there's plenty of things. This guy stood up to Putin. He lost his life for it. Um, his life in the sense of fighting for uh, at least a two-party state over there is worth celebrating, but he was not a saint. And he's not somebody that if you're a Democrat or on the left, I guarantee you, you would never have voted for this guy with his worldview in your district. That doesn't take away that, that what happened to him was uh, horrific and not a surprise. Russian politics are in a completely different political yes. sphere than American yeah. politics. Left and right is different. Yeah, they're very, very different. So. Um, Putin. Putin is a Machiavellian leader. Does anybody read anymore? Does anybody know the Machiavellian thing? It was a book called The Prince. The author is actually Machiavelli. And the ideas in that book are that um, the ends justify the means if you're a ruler. And your job as a ruler is just to keep control. And in this book, even it's the idea is that it's okay to do immoral acts to keep control. And that's when you ever hear people talking about the Machiavellian style of leadership, that's all they ever say. But that's not all that's in the book. Another part of the book is, in order to be a successful Machiavellian leader, you also have to throw bones to your people. Like, 
the people have to think that they need you. You have to, you can't just go killing everybody in the, in the community. You have to be selective about it, and you have to keep the people on your side. This is yet another situation where I think there's no problem with Prigozhin. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Because those troops were Russian troops who actually killed other Russian troops. So I think that— They marched into Moscow. Yeah, and we, so I think with the population, they, they were probably like, well, you know, he got what he deserved, or, or at least he should have expected this. I don't know how, how much popularity Navalny actually has. But this will, this will test that other side of the Machiavellian thing. If you get the people to the point where they're like, oh, you know, that's what the Soviet Union didn't do. That's what uh, before uh, Tiananmen Square, uh, the uh, Chinese leadership didn't do. It's the other side of the Machiavellian thing. You've got to keep the masses relatively happy with you. And whether or not this is enough to push them against them, I don't know because I don't live in Russia. But I'll very quickly tell you a story. I have a friend, uh, friends of my in-laws, their son is in the CIA. And this is from way back in the 90s when, uh, when the uh, Chechen rebels took over an opera house and they had all the hostages. And then all of a sudden one night Putin just pumped in some gas in there that made everybody go to sleep. And then they, the, the Russian soldiers went in. They killed all the uh, Chechen rebels, but they also killed some of the Russians that were in there as, as hostages. But most people got out. And we went to their house, my in-law's friend's house, uh, on a, for a Christmas brunch or something one year. This is in the 90s. And this guy was there. He's relatively young. He's still in the CIA, but he was young then. And uh, this had just happened at this opera house. And he would never tell us things that he shouldn't tell us being in the CIA. But he just said to me, he said, you don't F with Putin. He just, he said, don't ask me any questions, but you do not F with Putin. It's just that simple. Because he knew that Russian hostages were going to die. And he just went in there and he did it. And that's just the way that it is. And... When I heard this, and every time I, you know, the Progrosin thing, uh, you know, just when he poisoned this guy, this guy was like, he was poisoned. I don't think he was in Russia. He was, he was changing planes. Yeah, and that's he drank right. tea. That's... Drank tea. Oops, there happened to be plutonium in it. Um, so this is something that, I, and also the other part of it is this. Um, we're at least going to stop getting these scare stories about how Russia is going to attack us from outer space. Have you noticed all these stories lately because they need Ukraine money? Well, if you're, if you're like me and you don't believe in any more money to Ukraine, uh, you're losing this round. Because <laughs> with Putin killing Navalny, they're getting that money. Doug Turnbull is watching. Uh, the event that I was talking about actually happened in October of 2002. 100 Russian hostages... That were being free. There were like nine hundred, over nine hundred people watching this uh, a production of Nord Ost. I don't know what. I would imagine that's some sort of opera. I have, I have no idea. Nord Ost. Nord Ost. But uh, yeah. So that's when I was told. Don't f with a Russian musical theater production. Okay. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, the, and the hundred that died. Now they got all the Chechen. I mean, literally, this. Is, if you ever, if you've ever watched the movie Tenet, the opening thing is based on that, where uh, basically they go in. Same exact thing happens, as I recall. They put, they pump in the, uh, 
They, they pump in the uh, sleeping juice. I don't know what the, the sleeping fog. It's like something out of Batman. Well, uh, can it just be carbon dioxide? I have no idea. I, or actually, monoxide? I, or I could read that this thing will probably tell me exactly how what they did, but I'm not exactly sure what kind of gas. They used some kind of gas. Everybody in the theater fell asleep. I, both ni- Neither side was really prepared for what came next. The Chechen rebels took over in minutes. And they had 900-some hostages, but they didn't think about anything. So, like, within hours, they took the orchestra pit and turned it into a huge latrine. But first thing Putin did was turned off all HVAC. So you got a latrine in the middle, and they're there for days. And so the Chechen rebels weren't ready for what they were going to do next. And then when the Russians came in to rescue the hostages, they weren't prepared. Apparently, there was a hospital right across the street. They just picked up these Russians and laid them out on the sidewalk, and that's why 100 of them died. Apparently, if they would have gotten oxygen immediately or something, they would have lived. Um, But all that's to say about that story is uh, Putin is a Machiavellian leader, and we need to understand that. Listen, it's not our job to save the Russian people. I'm sorry. If the Russian people want to get rid of this guy, it's up to the Russian people. There's enough of them. My wife was asking me earlier today, why doesn't somebody around him just rise up? I say, well, take a look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bergozin. He should have gotten that plane. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know what these people are thinking. You know, Navalny went back to Russia. I guess you could look at that as a sign of patriotism. But also you could look at it as like, well, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, it's not his fault. I'm just saying... If you look at Putin and how he treats his critics and how he treats his yeah, he's basically anybody, been in power for thirty years for a reason. And he's and he, the, the also he always like uh, crosses his T's and dots his eyes because he had to change the constitution to keep power. So he put this other guy in power for four years because the constitution said that he couldn't run again. And while the other guy was in power, then he changed the constitution so that he could run again. He's been in power ever since. It's our job and our State Department's job our country's job to deal with him knowing what he is it was wrong for him to kill Navalny but that doesn't mean Ukraine can win that's a whole separate thing Ukraine can't win and that's why we need to do something that is some sort of positive thing but it doesn't matter they're going to get the money now now that Navalny has died they're going to get the money but we're going to stop hearing stories about how Russia is going to attack us from outer space and all that nonsense they're going to get their money all right, that music is playing, and you know what it's saying? Two things. get the Shut the hell up. Get the hell out. That's what we're going to do. Hope you all have a great weekend. we got another big, great radio show for you. It starts on Monday at 4 p.m. You're all invited to join us. But until then, continue on the journey. Do not piss off the genie. Thanks for listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine podcast. Remember, you can hear the show from 4 to 7 on 95.5 WSB and follow the Doctrine on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter for even more content. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.